What's up, Familia? New York Comic Con is upon us. Yeah, it's it's again for that time of the year where we get really shit faced in public. And, uh, <laughs> but but is is that not every day of the year? Sir, I don't know what you're talking about. I never get shit faced in public. How dare you? It's like a 50-50 shot you're shit-faced right now. <laughs> I mean, this is true. I was out partying last night. But I'm probably still drunk from the night before. But I can't believe it's time for New York Comic Con. I I love October at the Javits. Fall air. A bunch of nerds descending onto the Javits. It's just, it's so magical. I love New York Comic Con so much. It's it's a great experience. It's probably my favorite con. It's uh, it's it's really bounced back since uh, since COVID and everything. What was it? Twenty twenty one was when we we came back. It it didn't really have its magic in twenty twenty one, but twenty twenty two, I feel like last year, it was just it was one hundred percent back. Did we have to wear masks last year? I don't remember. Not last year. Two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. It is one of my favorite cons ever. Like, I'm not really a con person. I think I've talked about this before with you, that I didn't really grow up going to cons. And so I only started going to cons because of New York Comic Con, because I went there for Wizard back in 2007, back when Hayden Patineri was promoting Heroes Season 1, and Fat Mama from Stan Lee's Who Wants to Be a Superhero had the booth next to her. So I have this image in my head, um, or this memory in my head, of Hayden Patineri and Fat Mama taking a selfie together on their razor phones it's iconic i wish i can like take it out and give it to the internet for those listeners uh who are a little younger razor was a uh a phone by uh, the nokia people uh, oh oh yeah, no- nokia used to make cell phones <laughs> wait don't <laughs> i've had an iphone for like a decade i don't know do you remember like playing snake on your nokia yeah, I you're like I am the snake. I am the snake. <laughs> yeah, no. So I've been going to Comic Con since uh, New York Comic Con since 2007. I don't think I've I have I've missed a year since 2007. So I had like emo haircut. I was like 22. I I I really loved it. I've seen it grown grow. Um, before it just used to be the top part of the pavilion. It was like half of that, and you sh- they shared the space with like Anime Con. And now, obviously, it's transformed into a you have to reserve your spot in it for a panel online. If not, you can't get in. So it has changed radically over the years. My first one was 2018, 2019. And it's, you know, it's, it's huge. It's the biggest one in the U.S. after San Diego. Memories uh mostly good some bad but it's it's definitely been a hell of an experience i i can't believe you've only been to new york comic-con since 2019 that's wild to me no i should i I take that back i i've been to i went 2010 or 11 Mm. um but this is the first like 2019 is when i started going like seriously and like cosplay shit like that not just going you know comics whatever um so like yeah i i went but started seriously attending it in 2019 in 2010 you went and you were harassed by a very drunk comic-con goer aka dayspring and you were like oh hell no these people are crazy i'm never coming back to this convention who is this old man (laughs) who is this old man of the age uh, 28 harassing me what's going on kid yeah it's i i comic-con new york comic-con is always going to be incredibly special to me it's it's was in my backyard i now live in florida and the vibes are always just so much more fun very different than san diego and 
West Coast cons. It's very gritty. The entire city, unlike San Diego, does not transform itself into a con experience. You quite literally are at the Javits, but there's so much going on. There's a really intense floor, and there's a lot of panels that are are fun. Although we pitched a panel, <laughs> and sir, they did not get accepted. So, what are you going to do next year? Maybe. Um... Yeah, I mean it's it's no knock on the city of San Diego, but New York has tons of events constantly, so it's not like the whole city sort of like shuts down for it or like Dragon Con in Atlanta or whatever. It's like yeah. um part of what makes New York Comic Con so much fun is like you step out of the Javits Center and you go over a block and you're back just like in ordinary new york yeah of yeah. course it's, it's new york nobody fucking bats an eye at like the dude dressed as like spider-man or whatever because you don't get up in other people's business no no and it's so funny because i was coming in from hoboken and i i cosplayed once or twice throughout the years like as robin or or whatever i had and i would just be on the path train or the subway no one cares no one even bats an eye and it and it's you know who else is going to New York Comic Con because they too are in cosplay or they have their badges. Oh no, you know what we we did um, the last ten years we've done we we just take the ferry from Hoboken into into the Javits, and on that it's all like the Jersey people coming in for New York Comic Con. So it's completely like normal just to be walking around the city or taking the ferry, and you're either in a costume or you've just got your bags and your badges everywhere. I was. Uh, twenty twenty one. I was um Wonder Man and walked all the way over from like K Town, and no one even batted a fucking eye. So yeah, because you just looked like you had just left their club at Hell's Kitchen the night before, and they're like, "Oh, that bitch is doing the walk of shame." <laughs> yeah, at two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. <laughs> that's how I got to know you. That that's the first time I met you when you were wearing the Wonder Man costume. Like IRL, like I knew you obviously yeah. online, but like IRL, I think our first time meeting was at New York Comic Con and you were wearing Wonder Man. It's an iconic look. <laughs> and we went around trolling all the Wanda cosplayers being like, do you know who this is? Do you know who it is? Not a single one. Not a single one. But someone did. Was it a was it a vision cosplay? Someone we were walking and it was a character someone cosplaying as a character who had ties to Wanda and they actually shouted out Wonder Man. It was, it was a vision. It was uh, a vision. I, I was like, all right, all right. Vision's got it. <laughs> this um, one person actually knew. I, it's wild to me that, that Wonder Man would be an obscure character at a comic con. You know what I mean? That the majority of people wouldn't know Wonder Man at a comic con because it, as far as comic related characters that are pretty well known. I mean, Wonder Man is pretty well known and you were cosplaying one of his mainstream looks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty well known if you've read like a lot of like eighties, nineties, aughts, like Avengers. Um, but you know, the MCU changed a lot of things and people who didn't know who the Scarlet Witch was now really know who the Scarlet Witch is. Oh, and oh they do. Oh, those yeah. MCU Wanda stands—they know Wanda. And you know what? We're we're not gonna get we're not gonna get into it. No, no, uh, we already ha we have the Swifties and the Chris Evans stands coming at us. So that's it. Stop hacking my account, please. Stop com coming, coming at you. <laughs> at you. <laughs> stop hacking the account, guys. Stop hacking my Gmail. Stop trying to get in there. Jesus. But okay, wait, wait, wait. Before we dive into more, more stuff that we're going to be doing, when we first met, we went around asking the Wanda cosplayers who Vision was. Last year, when you were Morph, we went around asking, is Mr. Scott Free evil Morph or just hungover? So this year, what, what kind of looks are you going to be cosplaying? Um, yeah, well, since I'm lazy, uh, I'll have the the standbys of uh, Jimmy Madrox and uh, Quentin Quire, right. um, which uh, you know, people people love Quentin Quire. Um, see how many genes know who it's supposed <laughs> to be. I feel if you're going to be cosplaying Gene, you're going to have an idea who Quentin Quire is. <laughs> 
I mean, we we if ran if it's we a, a spiral who didn't know who Mojo was, so <laughs> <laughs> and I I like that cosplayer quite a bit. I and and seemingly this cosplayer knows online seems to know the characters, but when we asked about Mojo, it was like this like dead look of like who are you talking about? I'm like oh oh gosh, yeah no I I feel like like jeans will will probably know who well who like. Jeans will know, but yeah. Dark Phoenixes. I I will tell you, there have been Dark Phoenix cosplayers that just seem like they just put on Dark Phoenix because they know that's an iconic, you know, yeah. costume. And you 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 you'll press a little bit, and and that's fine. By the way, I mean we're being salty here because we we're we're on air, but I I like that New York Comic Con has expanded from what was traditionally a very niche group of like diehard like comic book readers that's how it started off like san diego was a mainstream one but you went to new york because you were a diehard comic book reader you wanted to yeah. go you could see um greg horn i don't know why greg horns was like the only character or uh, creator that i could grasp for but you would have greg horn at his booth and you just go up and you talk to him neil adams one of my first years at at new york comic-con i just sat with him at the booth and we just chatted so you know, it was it, it's that kind of vibe initially, and now it has morphed into a version of San Diego. It's definitely a lot more mainstream. It's it is a San Diego Comic Con of the East Coast. Very different vibes, very different experiences, but for all intents and purposes, it's very pop culture centered yeah. and heavy. And so, multiple pe- people from all walks of fandom go in. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it great. Great experience, and uh, you know. Most of the time, people know who they're dressed up as. Pretty excited on on some of the stuff we're we're planning to do. We're going to be hitting up some panels. We got press, which is really nice. Which we've yeah. never, I I on the fly applied for press because I I bought tickets as did you, and then some people in our community just couldn't get tickets and i was like well that's fine I, let me see i'll put in press and we we were able to get a few press passes so i was like okay they can have mine that i bought and we're taking the press passes yeah we're official we are official so you know we we've been emailing with the publicists at amazon at um for goosebumps i'm like i don't know who's doing goosebumps <laughs> Um, and Bandai, so that's really nice. And I, I guess like you just have to like touch base with these publicists, and then they get back to you on a time when you can come up. I don't want to jinx anything because every time I say something, I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna have Tyler Maine on the podcast, and then Tyler Maine stops responding. So, you know, we some really good things are gonna be there. But Michelle's gonna come in. Michelle and Justin are gonna be there. Pedro, Mini made it. Let very yeah. lad, Sean. So we're gonna have a hammy. We're gonna have a full house. I will. I will give people credit. Last year, I was just I was Vulcan one day. Mm-hmm. Gave some a lot of people. Surprising number of people knew who Vulcan was. I was really impressed. God, wait, have there been other Vulcan cosplayers? No, <laughs> no. You're the only one. Well, in, in fairness, you look very much like. Vulcan. I mean, you're very tall, you're very handsome, and when you wore the costume with the black hair, it, it it's identifiable. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, that's the third Summer's brother. It's it's the visible mental illness. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the unhinged. <laughs> the unhinged Summer's brother. Um, maybe one year I'll be I'll be extreme and I can be the long lost half Summer sibling. <laughs> He's not even a Summers. It's through the month. Oh, no. It's so Catherine. What's Catherine's maiden name? I don't know what Catherine's maiden name is. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just say she's just dead? I mean, one of the big events is going to be Marvel's next big thing panel. Um, And, you know, what are we going to expect out of that? Yeah, well, Um, I guess they're... So, big things are happening with the X-Men come January. We have Rise of the Power of Ten... Or I don't know if it's Power of X. We had Agent M. You couldn't make for the episode for Agent M. But he said he he wasn't too, too sure if it was Power of 10 or Power of X. I think it's, it, it would make sense that it's Power of 10 because Hawks Box. But yeah, and then like House of X. Yeah, and right. then we have Fall of the House of X. I don't know. What do you think? I, I 
By the way, anyone listening, if you got the tea, we will take the tea. But I have gotten no tea on this. I can give context from what I've heard, but I don't know anything that's happening going into this. I also do not know anything uh, that's going to happen. Uh, They've been very tight-lipped about this, which is good. Um, Mm -hmm. Built up a lot of anticipation, but uh, no idea. Yeah. Well, so the marketing copy, if we are to believe the marketing copy, this is supposed to be the final battle of the Krakone age, and presumably the Krakone age is going to come to an end. Now, the T I've kind of heard on like the side is that editorially, they don't know if they want the Krakone age to continue. Apparently, from the writers and editors perspective, they love the Krakone age. They, they see the value in it, but the higher-ups, uh, the publishing execs, kind of want the X-Men to be less all over the place and more back at the mansion, sort of the X-Men we know traditionally. So that's what I kind of have heard. I like a hybrid you know, approach. I don't see why you can't have your cake and eat it too. Put the mansion on Krakoa and just have the good mutants there and like you still have your evil mutants you know scattered across the globe or on Krakoa if you wanted to but I don't know I I assume it's going to be a major shakeup, and I think we're going to get some more teases of that at New York Comic Con I mean there's absolutely nothing stopping them from having a group going back to the mansion in Westchester and also still having Krakoa in the background I mean nothing absolutely nothing Nothing stops that, um, you know, and you can have books that focus on both or one specifically. So, you know, I, I, I get particularly with like the MCU stuff, the higher ups wanting more return to tradition, but I don't see it like fully going away. Um, that'd be hard, but we'll see. Well, because. Listen, I've been ragging on the Krakone Age. I mean, you know this. I've been ragging on the Krakone Age. I've, I haven't been happy with any of the books. I hate Shadowcat with a K. I think Fall of X is not very, very good or compelling. And and I think it's all messy all over the place. I hate the world building with Krakoa. But there is no denying that Hawksbox revitalized the X-Men franchise. We, we finally got the, the, the Fox rights back to Disney and all of a sudden the X-Men were a priority again and they put them on Krakoa and those books exploded. And the Dawn of X was fine. I liked Reign of X books better, but I wouldn't... The genie's out of the bottle. I wouldn't go back. I would just focus on building, fleshing out Krakoa a bit more, making Krakoa less of a... I don't know, a fantastical place and more of a like an island with its own, you know, what's the word I'm like? What, what am I trying to say here? Make it more like an island that's a little bit more fleshed out. And it's believable that the that the X-Men and mutants can live there because as right now, I'm still taken out of the story when certain things happen. I'm like, is, is the Green Lagoon Bar the only place that, that you can go get a drink on Krakoa? Are there other bars? Are there restaurants? I would like to see it more flushed out does that make sense am i just babbling i mean yes to both <laughs> uh, to both. Sure. um no see i i mean you know we disagree on i i think the krakoan era and the krakoan books have been the best that the line's been probably since claremont really yeah. really wait when claremont left like when like initially like in the 80s 90s yeah 90 91 Really? Um, wow. I don't think I knew that harsh of a stance that you had or or strong of a stance. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Morrison's run was was uh was iconic. Uh there's bits of it that I think have not aged well at all. Um and I think Krakoa was a real breath of fresh air and change the status quo and I think uh particularly the early phases have been uh, were really coherent and there was really great synergy among the various writers and concepts. Um, I think the current fall of X books do have some really good synergy and they've got really great writers um, on them. So like, I'm much more of the view that like, I don't want it to end and sort of return to the traditional sort of like, um, 
you know, the box of the school. Um, but, you know, we'll see. See, I, I, I don't disagree with you. One of the things I to pull on your thread, I think in terms of writers, I think the writers are very good. I, I, I hope in my in my ranting of the Crocone Age, it's it's very clear for me that like Howard, Wells, Williams, Fox, they're all great writers. And I enjoy them quite a bit in terms of their talent. But I just think like the the Krakoan age feels so all over the place for me. And maybe that's just the kind of reader I am. I like more of the new X-Men, Messiah Complex, House of M eras. And obviously Onslaught, you know, I'm always going to love that. And, you know, if you want to have like a zany book, you have your extreme X-Men where they're like on the road, you know, searching for Destiny's diaries. I'm, I'm always going to like vibe with that. But I, at the end, I agree. I don't think, I don't think going back on Krakoa is the answer. And I hope that's not what we're going to get. I hope, I think it would feel really small if they just go back to the mansion in Westchester. I mean, even though I would prefer it, I, I personally, Paul would prefer them to be in the mansion in Westchester, but thinking with a business hat i would be like that's that's the biggest mistake that you can do with these characters so yeah so we'll see i just want to see i just want to get more information because like right now i can't speculate you know this week's have you read this week's books uh i have not i i am no i've not yet read this week's books all right no spoilers well well I, I i recorded a rant and i'll drop that separately but you can go check out that rant if you care <laughs> without any context um, but why would you? Because Mr. Scott Free isn't there. And that's 95% of our listeners are just Mr. Scott Free stance. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> okay, we're also getting a new X-Men team that were that was kind of announced during this week in Marvel, the live podcast taping at San Diego Comic-Con. They sort of dropped a teaser of new X-Men. And it has the Age of Apocalypse, you know, logo rendering and obviously yeah. New X-Men. So is it a homage to Grant Morrison's New X-Men? Is it a homage to Age of Apocalypse? What They, they said we will get a tease in November. I wonder if we're going to get an even a, a, another tease in at, at New York Comic Con. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, are they teeing up like Big Daddy Apocalypse having uh, his own team of, of X-Men? I mean, based on the logo, possibly, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, this is another thing I, I've asked around. No one seems to know what's going on. It They're just going to have a new team coming next year, I believe. You know, the, the, the X-Men we have right now, we have um, Sync, Talon, Shadowcat with a K. We have Maddie's Dark X-Men. We have Kamala at the Orcus campus. So, you know, they, 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 they are organized in, in terms of teams. So I guess this promises to be a new team. Let's assume that Fall of X is going to lead towards an undoing of what happened at the Hellfire Gala and all the characters are back on the table. Is Big Daddy Apocalypse coming back and being like, hey, what happened at the Hellfire Gala is something that can never happen again. We are the survival of the fittest and here's our new team. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's, does, does this coincide with Fall and Rise? I don't know. I am quite literally just scratching my head on it. Yeah. Is Moira finally going to get hers? And <laughs> Uh, we'll see. I hope we get a story called The Death of Moira McTaggart. Like, that's it. Kill her. Yeah. Death the of Moira death. X. The Death of Moira X. Uh, if, if you've been reading any Marvel books for the past, like, couple months, uh, you have no doubt seen either the ads or the random sort of scenes uh, teasing uh, Hickman's Gods series um, is coming out. Uh, the characters have been popping up throughout, you know, books all across the Marvel Universe. Uh, some of them were at the Hellfire Gala. Um, this is Hickman's big new, one of his two big new projects. Uh, there's going to be a lot of God stuff at um, New York Comic Con because Marvel really wants to promote this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm going in with, like, you know, 
open expectations. Um, it's interesting conceptually. Uh, it just seems like they're giving Hickman just like space to do his own thing. That's sort of free from like any of the pre-existing stuff that like the X-Men carried with them. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. Okay, so Gods came out this week. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to save it for my flight. So what what is the general premise? Because I really don't know much going into it. So Hickman's apparently aiming for a more, you know, a very like cosmic scale thing. And uh, it focuses on sort of introduces two groups, the powers that be and the natural order of things. And they're... Uh, sort of two groups that have been in sort of conflict in the background of like the Marvel universe for, you know, like millennia. Um, and a lot of those characters that have been popping up random, seemingly randomly uh, serve um, the powers that be in the natural order of things. And the universe is threatened by this event, the Babylon event. And it's, it, it's it's going to focus much more on the sort of cosmic and magical sides of Marvel, uh, which is not something that we've actually really seen Hickman um, engage a lot with in the Krakoan era. And yes, obviously there's been like Krakoan magic stuff in the form of Apocalypse, but this is very much more on the like Doctor Strange cosmic entity side of the marvel universe than more down to earth scott i have no idea what the fuck you just said i am so confused by this it sounds epic how about that what the fuck did you just say yeah Um, (laughs) so uh pick pick up pick up gods number one it came out this week it was (laughs) Yeah, it's an experience. <laughs> I was we, 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 when Ryan was on the podcast. Ryan Padangos, I was like, the thing that I love about Hickman, and I think this is this will definitely be true of God's once I read it. He can deliver very high concept stories that are in the weeds, but also accessible to newer readers or readers who aren't as familiar with whatever lore you know you're you're diving in. So I have no doubt. That even though <laughs> what the premise is sounds really big and com- com- complex, once you sit down and read it, it's gonna you're it's gonna be digestible, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm gonna read it tomorrow on my six hour flight <laughs> to New York. Yay! Yeah, um, and and at uh, ten dollars an issue, uh, you're gonna get. Oh, you better get your ten bucks worth. God, you're right. I just. I'm looking at my Amazon or my Comixology account, and I'm like, yes, that was like a ten dollar book almost. Yeah, um, you know, like not not to get into like the the inside baseball of like the industry. Um, get, into it, get into it. Get into it. It's like there, there's been rumors that like the the pre orders for Gods were Gods One were lower. Than anticipated, yeah, and part of that was because it's completely new characters, very abstract concepts, and it's ten bucks an issue, um, yeah. which is not like the best, you know, is not going to necessarily sell as well. And um, I, I just, I really hope, because I, I, you know, love the concept. I hope, in spite of that and the high entry point, that it does do well. Yeah, I I hope so too. You know, they're they're banking on Hickman's name for this, and I hope there are going to be major ramifications for the Marvel universe with this. I've seen lots of videos on how it's underperformed. Things that are going on with retailers and the comic book industry. It's it's really interesting. It's hard to really gauge anymore where certain books stand because we don't get the numbers reported anymore like we used to on Comic Cron and you can kind of see where certain titles are landing or how like pre-orders are what books are doing really well and you can just be like okay well you know Generation Hope all is at like 25,000 shipping 25,000 copies so it's probably going to get canceled soon and of course it would get canceled so you can't you don't see that anymore mostly because of you know Diamond is no longer the only dog in town when it comes to distribution and uh, some publishers like DC have just gone elsewhere. But since the pandemic, 
you don't really get solid comic numbers and what's shipping. But the the word out there is that the pre-orders for it have been really low. I'll, I'll tell you something though, on on like the Power of X Men like feed, I haven't seen anyone post about gods. And I haven't seen any reviews pop up on on the YouTube channel, so I'm curious. I I'll read it for myself, and I'll decide. You know what? We can do a special Power of X Men episode dedicated to gods. I'm look. I'm I I just sat here and explained that I'm invested in this stuff, so I have I'm here. I want to get my ten dollars worth out of it. So let's do the episode. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And then uh, we're returning to the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, uh, again, another another Hickman um, Hickman joint in the wake of uh, Ultimate Invasion. Um, mm-hmm. It's November first, actually. Uh, Ultimate Universe number one, so the one shot by Hickman and drawn by uh, Stefano Caselli, mm-hmm. um, is going to reintroduce um, the Ultimate Universe. I'm. I don't know how I feel about that, to be completely honest with you, because like the ultimate universe was created to be an entry point for new readers and not have to be like boggled down by decades worth of stories. But it evolved to a point where a it had its own mythos and its own, you know, baggage. But also in today's world, you can just go on something called Wikipedia because the ultimate imprint came out before wikipedia was a thing you can just go to who is magma wiki and you get all the information you need so i don't know what the purpose is of reviving the ultimate universe i will tell you i did download ultimate invasion i started reading the first five pages i fell asleep and i have not gone back to read it yeah um i i was not overly invested in the ultimate universe um the original like ultimate universe um i remember reading like the ultimates mm-hmm. but beyond that and and the travesty that was ultimate x-men um, i i really liked the mark miller issues they're very different it's a it's a different vibe but i really did enjoy those and cyclops and his whitey tidies <laughs> then it goes then it goes really off the rails <laughs> Yes, it goes. It really does. I I forgot. What, what, I'm trying to remember where. I think when they started a little bit before, but right around the time they started doing their own Phoenix Saga, but the Shi'ar were more of like a a cult than anything else. It was so weird. Yeah, the Shi'ar were a cult, and I mean, there, you know, there's stuff that's that's like memorable from, um, like I know, like Colossus was like gay awakening for a whole group of like gay men. But um, it just, yeah, to circle back, the Ultimate Universe was not like my thing. Um, um, you know, if people are excited that's coming back, that's great for them. I'm sort of like, eh. Yeah, well, let's see where it goes. You know, one of the writers for, one of the big writers for Ultimate X-Men was Robert Kirkman. So I'm just saying, that's interesting. Robert Kirkman. Let's see. And, and and again, Kirkman Kirkman wrote some really good some good parts of Ultimate X Men. Uh, there were other parts and characters like Wanda and Pietro um, <laughs> who, who were were going full full like Lannister Game of Thrones. The hair and, and you know who was defending it? Wasp. Or Wasp was like, "Who cares if they found love?" Like what? Janet. Damn it, Janet. Like, no matter what universe we find ourselves in, Janet, you're always so awful. And and then she gets eaten. Um... <laughs> yeah, let's see how it how it goes. But yeah, we, we got the announcement also for Ultimate Spider-Man. I yeah. really love Miles in 616. I love, like, I, I really like the Into the Spider-Verse approach that the books have. Like, you have Spider-Gwen, which I think she's just Ghost Spider or Spider-Woman, she's Ghost Spider. Ghost Peter Spider. Parker, Spider-Man, you have Miles Morales, Spider-Man. I'm 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 really happy with their approach in the books. I hope Miles isn't going elsewhere. I hope if it's called Ultimate X-Men, or excuse me, Ultimate Spider-Man, he's still 616 Miles. Oh yeah. yeah he's I, I'm I, so happy with where he's at. 
as a character. I mean, his 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 book right now is my you know the best of the spider ongoings. Yeah. Um, and I yeah I you know we'll see what it's going to be. Uh, I have a feeling I don't haven't heard any rumors or anything. I have a feeling it's going to be uh, like a Peter Parker. Ultimate Spider-Man oh. again, trying to sort of recapture. Oh, sorry, yeah. I forgot that we had an. I forgot that Ultimate uh, Peter Parker existed. I loved. I, I loved the series. The series was over when they killed Gwen Stacy. When Carnage killed Gwen Stacy, I remember everyone was furious about that. But I completely forgot about him because I just assumed when I hear Ultimate Spider-Man, I always think of Miles. Always, yeah. but always. there were. There were 125 issues of Peter Parker before that, and um, you know it lets it lets them if it's like the old Ultimate Universe, it lets them do you know like high school stories with Peter and other stuff instead of like you know depressed like 30 year old Peter who's really going through it right now in uh, the 616 comics. Hmm. So we'll see. Wait and see. All right. So, what do you think about X Men '97? Do you think we're gonna get any announcements, any reveals? I mean, we got we got merch leaking. So, or it's not even leaking. It's just because the show was supposed to come out right around this time. Stuff has already started surfacing. Yeah, I mean, didn't it get pushed back to twenty twenty? Got, I mean, it got pushed back. Obviously, yeah. uh, it's supposed to. The rumor right now is January twenty twenty four. No one has officially confirmed that. No one's ever said it was supposed to come out in the fall. We just speculated that it was going to come out in the fall. And we're speculating now. It's January 2024. We I I don't know what the delays are from what I've heard through the grapevine. The show is really good. We just regrammed Bo because Bo was up late working on the scripts for season two. So we, we can assume season one is pretty much done. I don't know if it's because of the strikes that they're spacing out their content. I don't know if maybe they're doing reshoots or something like that. But for all intents and purposes, I think it's ready to go, or at least somewhat, almost ready to go. But I don't know why the delays, why there's been a delay. I mean, they got to make Magneto's pecs bigger in the <laughs> M, the M costume. Uh, so. That's that's what's causing most of the delays. Oh, I I have to everyone I have spoken to, you know, we you know, Lenore Zen, friend of the podcast, we've spoken with Bo before, you know, we 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 know people on the you know production and the Lee Walds, Larry Houston. Everyone has said we're gonna be happy, that we are gonna be happy campers with X-Men 97. So I am eagerly awaiting a trailer i i just want to see it those are all people working on the show they're gonna <laughs> say you're gonna be happy with it like this but, is this is fair this is fair but you know it, it they, seems they, that like everything surrounding this you know how like every marvel project has all this like negative tea or or around it they're like oh they have to do reshoots everything everything like rumors and stuff from anonymous sources they have been like you're gonna it's gonna be good it, this oh, is yeah, a yeah. good show well Lenore, and lenora has never let us <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just saying like uh you're right it's i just want a trailer already i i am dying for x-men 97 what did you think of the goblin queen pop i saw her irl at, at jason so it, it Goblin Queen is going to be in X Men '97, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting compressed Inferno arc. Uh, I don't know how you get there from where X Men '92 ended, but wait and see. Wait and see. Wait uh, and see. But she looks good. Obviously, no underboob. She's a little bit more conservative in her attire, but yeah. so clearly Maddie, and she is holding a bibbit. A, a gender neutral looking baby, so we don't know if it's baby Rachel or baby Cable. I would assume baby Cable, but well, she, it, but it's it's just titled the Goblin Queen, though it doesn't say like Madeline Pryor. Yeah, so they could just be 
simplifying things and gene's gone crazy again <laughs> so instead <laughs> so instead of dark phoenix like well as she was dark phoenix she's also going to go goblin queen so you you're speculating it could be gene as goblin queen interesting i mean i i interesting. i like that no i really do like that quite a bit i i, I, I there's so I, much I, speculation I was, out there yeah I, I was just trying to figure out like how do you have Cyclops get with Maddie in the X-Men 92, 97 timeline and the baby? And unless the show is just like jumped forward, like, but it's not, because it picks up in 1997. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be, I think it's, uh, they haven't a few months after the events of where the original series ended. That's where, that's where we're picking up. It's going to be fun. We're going to cover that on the podcast. I hope you're ready to wake up at four in the morning to to review those episodes. I go to sleep at like eight o'clock at night. So yeah, I'll be up at four o'clock. We are waking up at four. We are we are reviewing those episodes as they drop. I'm the, really the, excited for it. The problem was less me waking up at four o'clock in the morning. The problem is you waking up at four o'clock in the morning. Bitch, joke's on you because I don't go to bed till five. So there. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to get any X-Men 97 announcements at New York Comic Con. But if it is going to de- debut in January, they, where oh. else are they going to do it? Are, they're not going to drop a trailer next year, San Diego. Presumably, we will we'll already have the series by then. So I don't know where else they could drop something. Maybe Megacon in Orlando, but I don't know. Like it's big enough. Yeah. Um, well, but no, Megacon. They did the Fall of X panel there. But I agree with you for something like a Disney Plus show. I agree. I agree for a Disney Plus show. They're not going to do Megacon. It's either going to be San Diego or New York. So I'm here now saying I, I don't think we're going to get any announcements. But then I'm also like, well, that's going to be a missed opportunity. And you know, because it's animation and voice actors, they're they're able to promote a show. Because it's different from you know where where the strikes are with the with SAG, so I don't know, but I I I would be shocked if we get more there, and I don't think Bo, you know, I don't think so because we know Lenore Lenore's going to New York Comic Con, but she's going as a guest for unknown comics, so she's not even going there, you know, through Disney, and I don't think Bo is going. So why wouldn't you have Rogue and the showrunner, you know, at a panel where they drop all that information? So. I don't know. Exactly. Sorry, I'm like running around circles. So no, we're not getting any X Men '97 announcements. Yeah. Uh, and finally, um, yeah, Marvel Legends. Uh, you'll see the Haslabs uh, Giant Man uh, in person. Uh, all like two feet, five inches of him, or whatever. He's like the size of a child. I've forgotten about the Haslab. Have you gotten any of the previous Haslabs? No, I'm not. Okay, so they're at 5,545 backers. They have 18 days. Okay. I thought they would have already got it there already. I'm not saying it's not impossible to get there because with Galactus, like maybe up until like five days before, we didn't even know we were going to have some of the tiers unlocked because we really wanted Nova. But they are only at 5,545 backers. Ooh, that makes me sad. I, I, I thought I thought they would have hit their goal by now, but that's not to say that they won't. But we'll I see. I mean, where. Hank Hank Pym is not like yeah, Ant Man's iconic. Um, I don't know if like Hank Pym as Giant Man is like iconic enough to bring people in collectors yeah. like Gal- Galactus and the Sentinel were like iconic. Yeah, and we saw, but we saw last year with um. Ghost Rider, the engines of vengeance. It it really struggled. Um Yeah. I mean, and really listen, what what I like about their approach this year is that the tiers are don't include figures. It's supposed yeah. to be additive to the Haslab project. And I really do love that approach. So that's why they're able to give us a better price point at $199. We we live in an era. It, this it is what it is that two legends are fifty dollars at Target. So I think this figure for one ninety nine is reasonable given how it looks. 
and the technology behind it. We already talked about this on the podcast. The, the the technology of the eyes, it's incredible. I'm so happy we have that now. But um, yeah, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think Hank Pym is bringing in those giant size like numbers because he's a good character, and I think we can all agree it looks good. But I don't think there's any hype behind it I, I, like i'm not backing it and i backed the engine of vengeance i backed obviously galactus and the sentinel so it makes me a little sad i, I can't wait to see it irl though and and we love the hasbro team so we'll make sure to promote it but you know yeah i i backed it i love hank pym i love just the concept but i'm i'm in the minority <laughs> <laughs> i think it's good i i we talked about this in the episode when we reacted to the news of the Haslab. I, I'm curious if this number includes retailer buys and if they just add those retailer numbers towards the end. Because again, with Galactus, it's like his numbers were stagnant for, for a bit. And then all of a sudden, it was like an extra 3,000 came in, another 4,000 came in. I was like, wait a minute, like all of a sudden, why? And it's I was like, it's probably because they're at retailers that they're adding and, and more like comic book retailers and stuff like that. So an international sales. So let's see, but yeah, they're at 5,500 ish and they have 18 days, five hours and two minutes to go. And I really do hope it gets funded. I mean, I, I don't want to have to like spend money on it. Cause I don't know what I do with him, but, but he looks great. And I really, I really hope we get it. Traditionally, they, I don't believe they did this last year, but traditionally, they have revealed Marvel Legends at New York Comic Con, and I wonder if we'll get like maybe a figure or two revealed. I don't know. Maybe another Wasp. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> another Wasp. Well, I, I, Lalandra, I think is. It's an open secret at this point that Lalandra is going to be one of the figures. And when they were doing the the stream and they were like voting for which character to reveal, they did. Oh my gosh, what was her name? Red Widow. Red Widow. They revealed Red Widow, and everyone was upset because they were like, they should have just revealed. You know, you should have voted for Lalandra. And I'm forgetting what the categories were, but I think Lalandra. If they reveal Lalandra, you'll they'll get some hype. Armored Psylocke. And you know, X Factor Wolf Spain and a Jim Lee Sabretooth are also rumored to be part of all of this. Giddy up. Giddy up. So I may have done something for New York Comic Con. You already know about it. But um I like to prove a point. I don't know if you know that. And I'm standing by the fact that I was in Boston a week ago. I was at an event space. There was a bar and there was a certain celebrity at this bar. I took a photo of said celebrity, posted it on my story feed after we were all gone. And uh, the celebrity's standum has come after me. They've they've been trying to hack me. And uh, I may have bought in a photo op so I can go up to this celebrity. And you're coming <laughs> along and we're going to clear my fucking name. Uh, yeah um I, you know i i told you not to mess with those meryl streep fans but you just kept going <laughs> as if meryl streep would like do a photo op at new york comic hey streep sells so this is true but no we're gonna go up to chris evans and listen listen if i'm wrong i would even i i would love it if you looked at me and be like no bro that wasn't me that was ben affleck <laughs> you know I would gag and I would own that 100%. But it was Chris Evans that I saw that night. And we're going to go up to him and we're just going to be like, hey, man, like, were you at, you know, insert the name of the place he was at? And <laughs> yes, when oh. you just inch your way out. For the record, I, Scott Free, had nothing to do with and take no opinion on the Chris Evans situation. So, please leave me out of it. <laughs> Chris Evans, Stans, and the Swifties are just coming after Power of X-Men. So, I can't clear my name with with, with the Swifties. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't even... It's not the way I don't say it. I don't like Taylor Swift. I don't listen to Taylor Swift, so I don't really have an opinion on Taylor Swift. I think she 
is seemingly very talented and wonderful. The rumor that she's going to be Dazzler is just something that we have been playfully creating content on with Ralph from No More Mutants. It's she's was spotted with Sophie Turner and Ryan Reynolds. We know them all to be friends. That's all that we were reporting on. We're by no means saying that she's going to be in Deadpool 3, but the Swifties are not too happy. The Dazzler stands are also not too happy about it. And uh and the Chris Evans stands have launched nukes at us. So it's been a week. Just keep digging that hole. <laughs> we're gonna piss off Wanda stands. We're gonna ask them to say no more mutants again. Most of them didn't even know what that was. But um Did were you with me when I went up to the person the Wanda cosplayer and I was like, say no more mutants, and she was like, Isn't that a racist thing? I was like, No, <laughs> No, it's her most iconic line from the comics. And then when I posted the video, the amount of people who are literally like, you're, t- you're making fun of a story that had serious consequences and depicted a character going through a mental health struggle. And I'm like, it's House of M. It's No More Mutants. It is Wanda's most iconic line. That's all we were when we were going around asking the Wanda cosplayers to say. I'm digging that hole. I'm taking you down yeah. with me, bitch. If I'm going down, you're coming down with me. I, yeah, I mean, it's like King of the Hill meme where it's like, Bobby, if those kids could read, they would be really offended right now. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pick, pick fights with any of these people. But we're really excited for New York Comic Con again. We put in press. I kind of like alluded to it already. Kirkman, I, I, I would hope we could score some time with Kirkman. Because he's going to be there. We put in a request for Kirkman. We put in a request for Goosebumps. Um, you're going to the Total Recall panel. Critical role. Critical role. <laughs> that D&D is a you and Latvian lad thing. I don't know much about it. But um, I did email on behalf of Sean because he wanted to... He wanted to go to it and he didn't reserve the time slot not all of us are as responsible as you I can't help it. <laughs> and then we're going to go to the bandai pan- uh booth as well that's really fun the bandai booth is probably one of the best booths at new york comic-con it's very fun and they have so much going on and we're going to get a tour of everything that should be that should be great and i feel like we've put in for other stuff scott pilgrim i'm a huge scott pilgrim fan and i can't wait for the series to drop on Netflix. We put in for press there as well. But even though you get press for New York Comic Con, then you have to apply for press in those individual things. Yeah. It's it's a lot. It's it's a multi-stage process. I know. But I think the series is going to be fun. And I'm so happy to do it with you. I've li- literally like just been looking forward to spending time with you. Getting Well, you drink a beer. I, get, I just get vodka. And just get shit wasted and like putting you on the spot with other people. Well, I am excited that you get to spend time with me, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. It's, this is, this is going to be a fun year, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and we're going to have Pedro there, who is our social media publicist, manager, everything, and aka mom, because he just takes care of everything. Like, Pedro comes with, like, a big old tote bag with, like, backup batteries with, like, fruit with you know vitamin c like he's just incredible we love petro so much team mom and we'll be we'll be all around all weekend that's right familia tune in to us at mr scott free and at power of x-men we'll be spamming your your feeds i've already gotten a few dms of people saying like i can't wait to see your comic-con on on power of x-men and i was like yeah we're, we're pretty there i'm i'm very proud of our con coverage. I've always been proud of that because not everyone has the accessibility, especially in the pandemic, especially with COVID cases going up, to be present at these conventions. And our goal, and I think why we've always vibed so well with this, is to make sure that we're experiencing the con and showing that experience to people at home. No, if you can't be there, we'll be there for you. <laughs> we'll be drinking for you. We'll be drinking for you, Familia. 